0: Thank you for joining us and listening to this message from the Ministry of Grace Providence Church in Cerritos, California. For more information, visit our website at www.graceprovidencechurch.org. I wanted to start with two different types of introduction. I've been using this particular passage every time I have an opportunity when I see someone from the family and friends departing from home and going into universities, because they will be in a bottle, in a different type of word. And I got this passage and I handed it to them, even print a little sheet with an image of the Roman and with every element on it, which is beautiful, but when we read through the passage... We find ourselves in something deeper and more complex. So with that said, I never had an opportunity to expand on it because I wasn't going to be in the middle of a carne asada or maybe a family (laughs) gathering, pull that particular person that we actually enjoyed the time to send them over to a certain university and then go like, let me preach to you. No, this is an opportunity for me to expand a little bit on the real meeting. Of the whole armor of God. Uh, and before we go through the reading of this passage, I also want to go into more explanation about why the whole armor of God. The Apostle Paul um, started writing the book of Ephesians, which is, by the way, the last book in his life before he got decapitated. And, um, and he was chained on house arrest. And he actually got to the last portion of his life journey and he wrote to the Ephesians. And on the book of Ephesians, if we can divide it in three sections we will see that chapter 1, 2, and 3 are all critical because his teachings are based on all of the doctrines. He is telling us all of the Blessings that we get in Jesus. And he tells the Ephesians church and all of the vicinities, every single one, and he expands in a very staggering long sentence. And I actually went through that preaching as well long ago, and all of the blessings that we receive in Jesus when he saved us and he chose us. So let's open, let's open this in context. Chapter 1, 2, and 3. The Apostle Pauls explained our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, what we receive in Christ. So, And, and he expands in chapter 1 that we've been chosen, we've been blessed with all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly. All of them, not only a few. We've been chosen, we've been predestined to be adopted, and therefore to get an inheritance. In the heaven. In him we have redemption. And then he lavished his grace upon us. And he starts with that. In chapter 1. At the end of chapter 1, he has a little turn and he goes and taps on the power that this will have for the spiritual bottle that he will talk at the end of the the, the chapter, I mean of the book of Ephesians. Jesus' resurrection, he talks about seated him in the right hand, far above, and listen to this, we will remember this particular portion as we approach to the explanation of each of the elements of the armor. He is being seated at the right hand of God, and his Above our rulers and authorities, power and dominions, and above every name, not only on this age, but on the age to come. So he's far above that. That gives us the sense of being secure. So we shouldn't be worried. Although, when we get presented to the elements of the whole armor of God, we might freak out because we're humans and we are weak and we have something in us that it's a fight and it's the flesh our weakness in chapter 2 he talks about we being saved by grace through faith and we are one in Christ we are the body of Christ in chapter 3 is the revelation of the gospel to us which is like Huge, and we can spend weeks going through the study on that particular portion of it. At the end, he also explains the power of prayer and supplication for the wisdom in that spiritual strength. So we have to have that strength. That is what we get. We are strong in Jesus as we approach to the elements of the whole armor of God. Now, why do we get an armor? Aren't we already kind of like seeing a draft? Kind of like going into war? We'll see that. There is a very nice word that changes everything. And the Apostle Paul uses it at the end of chapter 3. It's therefore. And it's because all of this is being given to you. Now, this is how you are to act. How you are to live how you are to apply this in your holy living, right? And check this out. In chapter 4, 5, and 6, the first portion of chapter 6, he explains the practical application of the Christian life. So now we know who we are in Christ. Now we will learn how we are to act on this Christian life. And there is two different portions, because there is a war. And he urges to worthily walk of the calling. And there is certain elements. I will just, I'm not going to go deep into it, because we're going to spend, once again, weeks on it. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, maintaining the unity on the spirit Understanding that there is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is a new life. We are supposed to be imitators of Christ? No, not supposed to. We are to imitate Christ in our walk, in our daily walk. Walk in love. Then he expands a little more in how wise are supposed to be toward husbands and he goes husband how are they supposed to behave with wives? Children's how are they to parents? And parents, how are they to children? In the family setting. And at the very end of this portion, he goes into the bond servants and masters. He tells the specifics in the behavior as a bond Slaves. And we found ourselves being in that particular. We are bond servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to get to that point in order to receive all the blessings, in order to fight the bottle and the word that we're about to confront when we became Christians. Thanks God. By grace, not by words. Masters, he also explains how the masters are supposed to trade the bond servants? I have three points, but we're going to go. Now we get to verse 10 in chapter 6. A little explanation and a little introduction. So we open our Bible in Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 20. Starting with 10. Finally, be as strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God, that you might be able to withstand in this on the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. A stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Chapter 15, I mean, verse 15. And as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of fate, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the world God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayers and supplication, to the end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all of the saints, and also for me, that words might be given to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in chains, that I might declare declare it boldly as I ought to speak." Apparently, we're going to war. I mean, immediately said, the whole arbor. I mean, yeah, we see like, you know, if uh, in front of a castle, we see a lot of people dressing on their uniforms, in the military uniforms, because they're guarding. They're protecting. But in this particular case, it's deeper than that. In fact, I will tell you something. We have a bottle going on in our lives. And that's the bottle of the spirit against flesh. And that's in us. Why? Because flesh is weakness. And it debilitates us. And we fall in temptation very, very often. I have three points that I wanted to expand on it. And hopefully the next couple hours will be enough for this. <laughs> Once, the, the, the first is we need to understand that we have a spiritual welfare. Do we need to say more? When we understand that we're going to a spiritual bottle, then we need to understand what's the, the, the point number two. We need to know our enemy. We need to find who are we fighting against. And this is a tricky part, because we have a sense of saying, well, I'm fighting with myself, with my flesh. I'm fighting because I have a lot of temptations. I go every day, and I find myself being weak. In fact, the Apostle Paul, in Romans 7, 15 to 20, he says clearly, there, there are good things that I want to do and I don't do. And all the bad things that I don't want to do, that's exactly what I do. So he does the opposite. So his bottle is like, okay, I want to be good, but I do bad. And if I don't want to do bad, I cannot do good. So that's the bottle that we find ourselves in. Because of my flesh in the daily basis. This is not, and I wanted to anticipate. This is not the warfare that we are going through is playing on this with the armor of God. It's deeper and bigger than that. Because the enemy on this particular case is bigger, more powerful. Not infinite powerful because that's only God. But he's so powerful, he's a created being that was able to, with his schemes, pull one-third of the angelic and take him and take them all into the darkness. You can just imagine how clever he is to be able to get one-third of the angels on his side and think that he is as powerful. And he can overcome God. Obviously, he won a bottle when he confronted um, Adam and Eve and, and offered the fruit of the tree. And then since then, we are sinners. The whole human, for the, for, for the whole eternity, it's, we as humans in this life are Sinners. So we have to fight with this sinful nature. And I wanted to also read a little bit about Galatians 5. In this, Galatians 5, the apostle apostle sets a perspective of that fight in between the spirit and the flesh. And he talks about the works of the flesh. And he talks about the fruits of the spirit. The works of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity. Don't raise your hand if you find yourself fighting with some of these, please. Sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, desertions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and more. Because this is not an exhaustive list. This is just part of it. Kind of like to say what we are fighting inwardly with this, works of the flesh. On the other side, the spirit, the fruits of the spirit that we are supposed to live in practice is love, peace, joy, kindness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that's our fight in us. But now we will talk about the real enemy on this fight, on this spiritual battle that we are about to, to confront as soon as we became Christians. It's Satan. And look it. Finally be strong in the Lord. So that seems to be that I don't have any strength to confront Satan. Not myself. None of those fruits of the Spirit will help me when I am facing Satan because he's more powerful than that because I am weak. And he continues, stand firm to the schemes of the devil. That's a defensive position, standing firm. That is, you have to be solid in your strength. From Jesus, not myself. I'm not going to be able to stand in front of evil and fight it if it's not through Jesus, with Jesus. And we're going to talk a little bit about the power that we get in Jesus. For we are not wrestling against the flesh and blood, there is no human. Yeah, there is a lot of humans that are actually part of that army of Satan's. And we find a lot in our days in merching churches. False teaching. They call themselves, themselves Christians, and they're not. And when you talk to them, we are supposed to say it's okay? No, it's not. Satan is the prince of this world, and he owns churches that do not preach Jesus Christ. He owns them because he perverts the scripture. So we have to be very careful when we confront the humans. But we fight a cosmic power in the present darkness. The spiritual forces of evil... And you know, there is something very special right here. It talks about a standing firm on the evil day. When is the evil day? The evil day is today. The evil day is the organized society, the organized schemes of the devil working against Christians. Why? Because we being cleansed, and save from Satan's cloth. Jesus went to the cross to save us. To pay for my sins. Because remember, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. And he made us alive with him. So that is why Satan is to attack us. To destroy us. And more than that, there is Satan has many attributes. (laughs) He's the oldest enemy. He's the ruler of the demons, the god of this age. It says that he is being called the roaring lion, waiting to see who can eat, snatch, destroy. Lucifer, the accuser, the great dragon, and the great serpent. Do we need to know more about our enemy well he's powerful he's very powerful if we try to confront this bottle in our own strength prepared to be gone we're gonna lose why because we're not doing it the right way that is the reason why the apostle paul at the very end of his journey Give us all of the book of Ephesians and all of the writing on a scripture. And he said, put on the whole armor of God. And he goes one equipment at a time, explaining exactly what it is and how we are supposed to use it. But there is a few that are so important that I actually struggle in thinking that there is an order I don't think the Apostle Paul means to go from the most important to the least important. He says it's it's, it's the whole armor. It's one unit of different components in preparedness of the bottle, a spiritual bottle. So now we know our enemy. And now we can really get into each of the components of this armor of God. Several times in verse from verse ten to thirteen, he hinges, saying, "Therefore, therefore, stand firm. Stand firm." So, standing is a very easy position, but a stand firm is a very complicated position if you're wearing. A very heavy armor. Many without the preparation will fall because of the heaviness of it. Just having the heaviness of the armor will be excruciating pain and debilitating strength. But we will tap into the power. Chapter 4, in in, um, verse 14, it says, Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. With that, is truth It's really our defensive, most usable position that we have against the devil's schemes. But when we talk about truth, we will also get into something else the second element because it's a lot of a lot of confusion on that we claim to be good christians but we do not live a holy life and we wobble and we get weak sometimes we don't even come to church on the frequently basis to keep learning from the word of god we are not attached to the word of god to the teaching of the Bible, to the teaching of the truth. How can I say that I am truth when I am not applying this in my life? That's hard. It's not an easy fight. It's not an easy standing position. Fastening the belt, for example, the Roman, before he puts on the rest of the Garments. He actually had a tunic, a long tunic. Uh, I never tried it before, but it just gave me an idea. What if I put a long dress almost to my knees, and then my neighbor let the dog chase me? Will I be able to run as fast as I can run with the tunic? No. So that is actually why he goes, be ready. So... The loose ends of the tunic, lift them up. Lift them up to the knees so that way at least you can move freely, ready to move on. And then lift it on and tie with the lace, or he talks about the belt. Fasten the belt of truth. That holds the loose ends that get us. In preparedness and puts us on readiness, as Peter 1, chapter 1, 13 and 14 says. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sovereign minded, set your hope fully on the grace that you will be brought to you, that it will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, on the same, Peter 1, chapter 1, 14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So that's being ready, tie the belt of truth, and be prepared for the bottle. That's the first thing we have to do. And he goes into a very important element of the whole armor of God. The second one, which is the breastplate of righteousness. The second portion of verse 14. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. We have to be also careful on this. Because righteousness is righteousness, right? But I have to clarify something right here. There is imputed righteousness. And uh, it's easy to go to the bottom and say, well, I am righteous because I received the righteousness from Jesus. I've been robbed. I've been safe. I've been cleansed. I've been protected. And I've been justified. But this is not the type of righteousness that is required when we put on the breastplate. And it protects vital organs in our body, our heart. And if we receive a blow or a dart in our chest or in our vital organs, we're done. The bottle is over. So, why is it important to wear righteousness as a protective equipment? And we're going to tap into it. Imputed righteousness, we said. Like in Romans 3, 21, 22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. So that type of righteousness, we got it. It's a gift. But it's not required on this particular bottle. We're talking about a different righteousness. Remember that we went through the Beatitudes on the, um, in a Bible study in Sunday school. And we talk a little bit about it in Matthew, Matthew 5. And we're going to get to that in a second. In the first book of John, chapter 2, it says, My little children, I am writing these things to you, that you might not sin, but, in, but if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Still, that is being given to us as Christians. That is not the type of righteousness that we are to use when we confront Satan. And we will see the reason why. There is another that some theologians call it imparted righteousness. There is a lot of uh, back and forth and uh, apologetic Conversations among these two um, uh, type of theology teachings, but for the reasoning of the teaching on this particular uh, passage, we're going to put it aside. We're not going to argue about it, but we will try to explain what it's imparted righteousness. It's practical holy living in obedience. In the Sermon of the Mountain, Jesus requires. From us, in In Matthew 5.20, he says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And he talks about, unless your righteousness. That means our holy living. We have to be worthy of putting on this breast, chest protection in righteousness. Our daily walk will be our defense when we are really walking in faith, walking by the Spirit. In Romans 13, 11 to 14 says, Besides this, you know the time... That the hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep. For salvation is near to us, that where the first we first believe. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so that let us cast all of the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Are we talking about our daily, holy life? It's putting on the armor of light. And more important, the apostle goes deeper into it in 14, in the same Romans 13, 14, and he goes, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we talk about protecting the vital organs, is put on Jesus Christ. Be imitators of God. And be imitators of Christ. Is it easy? No, it's not. Walk on the Spirit? No, it's not. And that is the reason why it's so important to learn. To stay focused and stay attached and take Jesus as our breastplate to protect us. And be ready. He goes into the third element of the armour of God, which is the shoes or sandals. We cannot go to bottle barefoot. And we're not talking about the blessed feet that take the gospel. We're talking about a standing firm. In the army, I have seen that they changed the design of the boots of the soldier. And it really depends on the bottle feels. They get them ready from the feet up for the bottle. The same thing. I heard an analogy that said that in a bottle, and it's in history that in a bottle, because there was one missing nail on the shoe, the sole... Detach, the warrior keep fighting, he lost the shoe, then he lost the feet, one warrior less, he lost the bottle, and the kingdom was lost. So, from small things that mistake in the standing might turn into a big defeat. And that's history. But in this case, it's more important because it's a spiritual. Bottle. Not that we're losing salvation. I have to anticipate this. All of this is being misinterpreted in many places. Even confront to say, oh, if I have to bottle for my salvation, that means I'm gaining favor with God. Nope. My salvation is not in question. That is being saved by faith. By, saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So, salvation is not in question. But the usefulness of our abilities to battle against the, Satan, the satanic attacks and darts thrown into us. Talking about the shoes. That gets the readiness and the standing firm with the gospel of peace. And Timothy, 2 Timothy 4 2, he says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. That means we have to be ready to fight on season and off season. That means all the time, day and night. And that takes us to, like, well, maybe not Friday, because I'm busy Friday. Or I have to do some other things. Oh, it's my day off. All the time. So we use the gospel of peace. And we get ready from the feet up. Then he also talks about, take the shield of faith. And I want to say something about the shield The shield of faith We have an idea That the shield is What we have seen in movies Where there is a small round thing That they can carry it on the left hand Kind of like to push the enemies aside And their face is kind of like Showing on the picture, you know When we talk about this It's above all It's above all I mean, it's a massive shield made out of very strong, probably leather, probably something that's so heavy that cannot be easily lifted up. You know, those loose ends go in one hand, and then what do you do with all of this? That is not being prepared. That is to stand firm and protect ourselves from the schemes of the devil. We are not in the offensive against the darkness. We are still defending our fate, defending what I am standing for. And that's a massive shield. When there is time, we will move forward. But at this point, we see that above all, we take the shield in all of the circumstances. And that shield is our faith. Why our faith? What is faith? Faith is an assurance of the things that we don't see, right? Right? And we go through this very frequently. But most important is we have faith in Jesus, on the power of the gospel. The power of Jesus in our life makes us strong. That doesn't take all those darts away from us. We have to be firm on that. And don't feel weak. Because if we run away with the accusations of Satan, with the attacks of Satan to our lives to our loved ones to our family to our society then we fall on that temptation but we are strong in Jesus because in Jesus we can do all things hebrews 1 i mean hebrews 11:1 faith is the assurance of the things hoped for the conviction of things not seen not seen so that is faith and if we do not have faith remember faith is being given to us as a gift it's not like i go in my prayers god give me more faith be careful because there will be a lot of challenges coming and then why you do this to me i ask for faith not for problems well maturity comes through the difficulties we get a stronger we get mature. And we get to understand that our power is not in us. It's not within me or it's mine. I don't take any pride on that. It's because of Jesus. What he did on the cross. The way that he went on the cross to save us. To cleanse us. And to make us righteous before God. There are two more elements. The helmet. And the sword of the spirit. And he put them together. And this is when things turn. Instead of being on the defensive. Now we are called to be on the offensive. So we are called to actually move forward. If I have my sandals really nice and tight. And if I have my loose ends really nice and tight. Now I have my breastplate put on. Now I have my helmet. Now I have my big old shield of fate. Now I need to move forward into the darkness. Proclaiming the word of God. Proclaiming the gospel. Telling in the darkness that we've been saved. That Jesus went to the cross to save me. And then all of this comes when we actually have an opportunity to say our own experience in life. How we were so in the darkness and how he saved us. Oh, I accept Jesus in my life. Really? No. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I did nothing but sins. But he went to pay for my sins. He took my place. My blood was supposed to be shed, not his. Praise God that Jesus went to the cross because he loved us. We are out to go into this darkness with the gospel. And let's see what he means on the sword of the spirit. And he says, which is the word of God. Hebrews 14, the book of Hebrews 4, 12, talks about it. For the word of God is living and active, sharpened than two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and of marrows, and discerning the discerning the throughout. And intentions of the heart. What is this really meaning? We have to stay daily, everywhere we go, every step of the way, be reminded by what we learn from the holy world. Because this is not just a book, and it's not just a list of instructions. It's not a boring book. It's a living scripture. And if we apply this to our life on the daily walk, we are good. Stand firm on what we've been learning and we continue learning. When is that ending? Until we go home on the last day of our life. When, when our Lord Jesus Christ has received us into heaven. Until then, we have the armor of God. We are part of His army. Now we go into the darkness because we have the sword of the Spirit, the war of God. And then we get there in the name of Jesus. Not that we are going to be savings like all of the lost Souls and people that are in darkness, we preach the gospel. The Spirit does the saving through our words, through what we preach, through what we say. And many times we use our own testimonies to tell people who we were and who we are so that people see the difference. In fact, many families will see that immediately. They go like, ah, maybe he's a little hypocrite. Because I know him from the past and he wasn't that way. Well, that says something. Thanks God. And if they can see that, believe me, others will also see it. But if we proclaim our Lord Jesus Christ, we will be using the sword of the Spirit on this bottle. The bottle is being won. Our Lord Jesus Christ has already made us triumphant. We are not supposed to be afraid of the devil. But our weakness makes us doubt. So with that said, the Apostle Paul closes also mentioning something very, very important, which is prayer and supplication. And I wanted to say that prayer and supplication is not only for myself, but among us, we are many Christians walking on this fight. So we have to pray for all of us so that we all fight the fight. So we all fight the good fight. And we all walk the walk, the walk of Jesus, and be good representative of our Lord Jesus Christ in this era, in this battle. He also asked prayer for himself because he was about to be decapitated. Maybe like one year or two years after, according to some some um, uh, historians, uh, on sixty-five to sixty-seven A.D. The important part is that that was his final teaching. Be prepared for battle. Be prepared for war, for a spiritual war. And when I started talking about the armor of God, I, um, I I need to go back to those that I mentioned it, and I will have to say I'm sorry I didn't explain it before. But thanks God, I was able to come and bring. Them over today and expand a little bit more. And it's just a blessing to be able to see this spiritual battle being won by Jesus. And if God is with us, who can be against us? We cannot be snatched, removed, take out of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are safe by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ thank you all and we will close in prayer father we thank you thank you for for the armor of god with which you equip us for this battle for this amazing confrontation with satan that you give us the assurance that you are our lead you are our protection you are our Helmet, you are our savior, you are our breastplate, our sandals. You are everything that we have to confront this bottle while we stay in in this age. I ask you, Lord, that you applied all of this particular verses to each individual in this room and to those that don't uh, but we're not here today that we, you can allow us to go out to them and, and tell them about this beautiful passage that is so rich because we find in each of the elements of the armor, we find our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us and listening to this message from the Ministry of Grace Providence Church in Cerritos, California. For more information, visit our website at www.graceprovidencechurch.org